Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dominie Allison. Dominie, are you ready to do this? George, I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Dominie is a CRPC. She is a financial advisor with Conti Wealth Advisors. I'm excited to have you on. Dominie, tell me a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, sure. Happy to be here. Well, I am based in Pennsylvania. I graduated many, many years ago from Penn State University with degrees in international business and marketing, and that is actually where I met my husband. He was a Marine at 8th and I, so he wasn't a student at at Penn State, but he was a Marine at 8th and I in Washington, D.C., and we met there my freshman year when he was visiting some friends. And uh, long story short, we got married four years later, right after I graduated, and moved out to Hawaii. He had PCS to Marine Corps Base in Quantico, Hawaii. Nice. Um, excuse me, in Kailua, <laughs> in uh, Kailua, or Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Um, and this was during a time where it was, this was right after 9-11, so it was a pretty active time. We were still in the heat of everything for the military, and if you were active duty, you were deploying and probably deploying often. Um, so we actually found out two weeks before our wedding that we would no longer be PCSing from Hawaii to the D.C. area, but he would be going to Afghanistan, so mm-hmm. things changed pretty quickly. Um, so we got married right after Penn State, uh, moved out to Hawaii. He deployed to Afghanistan, and I was kind of there on an island um, (laughs) to figure out, meet people, learn this new lifestyle as a Marine Corps wife, um, and find a job. So it was, welcome to the real world, you know, buckle up. Right. Uh, He came back from deployment, and this is kind of where uh, our life kind of winds and curves, but um, there's a lot of moving when you're in the military, as you'll see and you'll hear. Uh, when he got back, we actually PCS to Quantico, Virginia, and I was starting to figure out very quickly that I was going to need a job that was going to be able to travel with me, something I could take with me wherever we went. Sure. Um, so there was a company, or a credit union called Navy Federal Credit Union, and this is a, a credit union available to the military and their families. And so I thought, you know what? Everywhere we go, every base we're at, there's always a Navy Federal. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here. Nice. So that's kind of where I started. Um, at Navy Federal, but this was very much banking heavy. I mean, they're a credit union, so we're talking checking, savings, member service, and Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, it wasn't very stimulating. I wasn't too engaged in this work, Um, but I did like the area of finance. So we moved from Quantico to Florida, and at that point, my husband was getting out of the Marine Corps, and he was going to be a game warden for the state of Florida. I still stuck with uh, banking when we first got there, but there was also a company down in Florida called USAA, which um, pretty much anyone in the military would be familiar with. 
it's a, a military insurance company. And USAA had made the decision to start up their first financial advice division, and they were looking for advisors. Nice. And my husband said, you know, you should really, you should look into this, you should try, but everyone knows they're impossible to get into. We had a neighbor that lived down the street, and he thought, you know, go, go talk to her. I bet you she can help you, you know, at least get you a, an interview, something like, you know, give you some pointers sure. about how to put your resume together to get in there. And I thought, you know what, why not? banking. It's just not for me. I need something a little more exciting. So I ended up applying. I was hired right away. Um, and I was one of their first advisors for member advice and solutions. And this was really the beginning of my advising career. So this is where I grew up with USAA. I got my licenses, my series seven, my 66, my life and health license, my CRPC. Um, I was trained heavily in Medicare, Medicare Advantage and supplement plans. So this could not have provided me this experience with a better foundation to get right. started in this career. And they took training very, very seriously. Um, so there were several months that we were training after we were licensed before we were even put out there to work with the members. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful for that because it really gave me a chance to understand who I'd be working with, which funny enough was people like me and my husband and our family. Yeah. Um, but it really made sure I could come at them with a really holistic point of view and advise them in any area of their financial life that they would need. So it was a really good start. Um, while we were there in Florida, we started a family and at that point decided that it was time to kind of get back closer to where we were from in Pennsylvania. So we wanted to uh, bring our kids back closer to our family. So with the movement, you know, we had to think about careers and where those would go. My husband decided that he would, um, you know, his, his goal was to get on to the police force here up in Pennsylvania. And I actually took a position with the wealth management division of a very large corporation where I would be the financial planner for um, wealth management clients. So I was very heavily into data and analysis and doing financial and retirement planning and analysis for the clients along with estate planning review. So it was pretty intricate. Um, and what it allowed me to do was dive deeper in, into an area of finance for my clients where I would kind of create the plan, you know, and figure out what we need to do. And then I had members of the team that would put it all together. Um, so that, that was a really, a really good position to help me dig a little deeper. Sure. I decided then I kind of got a little too comfortable in that position and thought I needed a little more of a challenge and I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the investment side of things, specifics with investments. Um, and that led me to take a position within the same organization, but I moved into the institutional and corporate investment side of things. So here I was working with corporations, foundations, endowments, um, schools, churches, you name it. And I was working with them on the corporate side of money management. So I moved from personal wealth to corporate um, and foundational and institutional wealth. And that meant anything from their retirement plans to corporate cash and, and everything in between. And I spent a lot of my time working with uh, corporations that were either freezing or shutting down pensions. Um, mm. So I had a lot of experience in that area advising. And what all of these different positions did, and the reason I, I kind of take you through that pathway of my career is it allowed me to dive very deep into different areas of wealth management. And I felt at that point, because I had such a strong foundation to begin with, and then I dug so deep into the financial planning side and analysis side of things, and then I also now had this 
institutional and corporate experience, I felt like I had good exposure and a really good handle to be able to advise any client at this point very holistically. And I didn't want any more to be limited as to who I could serve because the corporate side, corporate wealth, what I had found, although it was a very good experience, it, it was a little cold, meaning price and performance was really all the talk was ever about. And sure. I really missed working with families and, and building those relationships and, and it's warmer and you get to know your clients really well. And I really enjoyed that. That's kind of um, what, what kept me coming back and really enjoying my work. So. I decided to take the leap and go independent. I, I felt like it was time to put all those pieces together. Um, and that's what I did. That's when I joined Conti Wealth Advisors. So here I am today. Nice. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing the story with us. Um, I think, yeah. how, was was uh, your husband ever a game warden in Florida? Because I have to imagine that would be the most interesting job in the world. He was a game warden in Florida, yeah. So right out of the Marine Corps, that is the position that he had. I you, I can't even tell you. <laughs> he got into anything and everything yeah. and things that you really, it's not about, you know, it's not like they're just going out there and helping people with wounded animals. There's so much more. No. We're talking about, you know, federal drug busts on the water. Yeah. They were They were security for the Republican <laughs> National Convention, so there was a lot there. I mean, you name it, it happened. These guys, yeah. they never sit still. You know, I know that there's alligators, but I don't think that those are probably the most dangerous thing that you run into in Florida. So anyway, <laughs> fair enough. Although I, my kids love to say, you know, dad wrestled alligators and, yes, you know, right. that yes. is bragging right there. No, I, 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 I love it. So, and I appreciate, you know, everything you just said really resonates. I mean, it's such an enormous industry. So getting to learn about all the different aspects of it and uh, certainly gravitate towards certain things and you're glad to have learned other things. Um, uh, but it sounds like you're, you're in the right place for you now. So I, I, I know that, that you do work with, with folks who are, who are in the service, who are military government. What are some of the, uh, some of the unique challenges that you find for, for those people? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I knew for sure if I went independent, I had to make sure I could do it in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very natural fit because it's me, it's us, it's our life. It, it was my experience. Um, and it's not that their needs are so drastically different from everyone else's. It's that they also come with some unique challenges and situations um, that I really believe you can only understand if you lived it. And it, it just helps to have that perspective when, when you're coming at it and trying to put a tactical wealth plan together. Um but this is a community, you know, these are professions that really are overlooked and underserved. Um, and so I started working with them because I really, I saw a hole and I, I saw a need there. And I thought, you know, here are people with, they have great pay, great benefits. They're incredibly disciplined. They're doers. Um, all they really need is someone to have access to, to give them advice so they can implement it. So some of the areas, I I would say, you know, the two biggest things, because there are many, um, are that the lifestyle can be very dynamic, as you can see, just listening to my history, you know, as a spouse of someone in these positions, and it's just non-traditional. So, you know, they don't have your typical nine to five, Monday through Friday. They work holidays. They work weekends. My, you know, my husband is sleeping right now. He worked all night. Um, They're deployed for long periods of time. And what that all comes back to is that time is very important. So when they do have that free time, they need to be working with someone who can cut through the fluff. 
You know, they don't have time for the nonsense and the jargon of the industry. They really need someone and want someone who will break it down and tell them what they need to do in order to achieve their goals. So I think it's very important um, to have a simplistic style. Um, You know, the other big factor, and there's many, many bullet points under this one, is that this is really pension-based work for the most part. These are government employees and government positions. And that comes with a lot of things. You know, first of all, being transition that we're talking about, you know, maybe you're coming out of the military and going into the civilian world and there are different jobs you have in between until you get to that one that really makes sense for you. Or maybe within the civilian positions, you know, you have a holding job while you're waiting to get hired on to wherever it is, you know, that is your end goal. And I'll give an example. When we were in Florida, my husband was a game warden, we decided to make that move back to Pennsylvania. Uh, their, his, his goal was to get hired onto the, the police force here, but it's a two-year testing and hiring period. So he wasn't going to not work for two years. So he took a holding position with the university, the police department that contributed to the state pension system. Well, that kind of posed a problem because, you know, that's great that they contribute to the system, but he knew he'd only be there for a short amount of time, just a couple of years. Yeah. And we didn't want to lose two years of investment possibilities, you know, that tax deferred retirement opportunity. So we did a little digging and found out, you know, not only you you could participate in the pension and then, you know, hopefully you'll be able to at least get your contributions back when you leave and you'll have a little savings there, but it's really not going to be a whole lot. But they also had another option that we discovered, which was a defined contribution option that you collect instead. They had a 9% match, which I don't know about you, but I've never heard of a match that high. I heard before that was eight. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, So that's what he did. And he came out with a nice chunk of change and then, you know, transitioned into the new the new position that he knew would be long term for him where, you know, now there's a pension that makes sense. But knowing to look for those other areas, what vehicle makes the most sense if we're kind of thinking ahead of what your next step is going to be. You know, a lot of these guys, they're going to retire young. You know, whether that means because they did all their time in the military or maybe they started with a fire or police department when they were very young and they put in all that time, you know, they start typically very young and they're retiring in their forties. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, you're going to have a guaranteed income stream because it was pension based, but how can you invest your other funds? You know, maybe you can be more aggressive because you're going to have that guaranteed income stream, or maybe you look at it where you don't have to be because you have this guaranteed money. You don't have to take as much risk. You're going to have that other stream coming in. Um, a lot of factors to look at, and because of pensions, many times when they have an addition, like a defined contribution option or a deferred comp option, um, you know, maybe a Roth IRA, for example, would make more sense. And when you're maxing that out, then we pivot if there's no match, you know, make, making sure we're, we're diversifying our buckets for taxes in the future. Um, so there's just a lot of things to consider, taking your contributions out of the pension at the end of the day or not. And a huge one, which I'll just mention because it could be a whole podcast in and of itself, you know, the Social Security offset, which is a big one. Um, a lot of these government positions, you know, they're, they don't contribute to Social Security. They instead contribute to the pension. And what that means is a lot of these employees, when they do retire, they're not going to have that income stream from Social Security. So do they need to make sure they get their quarters in, you know, in other areas and make enough money where they are contributing so that offset doesn't kick their social security to zero because that also affects their spousal, their spouse's benefits as well. So with, with pension based work um, comes a lot of consideration. 
Yeah, there's no question about it. And it, all those details, all those considerations, you, you, you mentioned that this is an overlooked group of people. Is it because of the complexity of it or what, what, what do you attribute it being overlooked to? You know, I, I do think it's the complexity. I think their schedules and just the people mm. just don't know a lot about it. Like I said, unless you live it, um, you know, if these guys are working nights, well, most advisors, they work during the day. Are they really going to go out of their way to service somebody or to be available? Right. If you know the schedule and, and you know how to work that, you know, you can be a better service. Um, and and honestly, if we're, we're just being frank, it's not they don't have those prestigious titles that this industry likes to go after, but the pay and benefits are fantastic. You know, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, <laughs> you, sometimes you have to look past that, you know. Teachers are another great example. Gosh, they have some of the best uh, retirement options out there. So it, it not always, sometimes the title can um, mislead. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. So you, uh, you, you mentioned putting together a tactical plan. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. A tactical plan is, you know, first we sit down and we kind of lay out everything you've got going on financially, talk about your needs and your goals, and we put together a strategy. Okay, here's where you are, and here's where you want to be. Strategy is kind of like the big picture, but what you really need then to implement it is a tactical plan. Okay, what pieces are we going to put in place to make that happen? What kind of retirement vehicles, like I mentioned, you know, should we be doing a Roth IRA? Do we need a certain type of life insurance? Um, the 529 plans, how should they be invested? Are we looking at strategic type investments or tactical type investments where we can be more nimble in the market? So it's about being more specific so that you can take action and actually put those pieces in the, into place to, to make the overall strategy work, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it certainly does. And I've been thinking a lot about the importance of framework and I think that that's that that's how I like to learn things is if you can give me a good framework then I can usually make it happen and you mentioned that a lot of these folks are disciplined they're they're doers they just need that 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 framework um so I, I guess I'd love to just maybe hear more about that um but but then also yeah. I, I, I what really resonated with me is is you, you 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 said that you found yourself on an island and I mean that's both literally literal literally and and figurative <laughs> and I have to imagine that there's a lot of spouses be it husbands or wives that they find themselves in that situation so just how I guess that there's two questions there but also I guess sort of the same once you have a framework for figuring it out you're probably able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll address the spouses first, and then and then we'll talk about the framework. But the spouses, you know, I keep talking about the, the military member or the first responder. The spouses are the ones usually left to handle the finances, mm-hmm. frankly, because they have the time, and they're yeah. not having to sleep during the day, or they're not deployed. So it's important that they have a resource, and it becomes even more important. I know I talk a lot about this, but that person really understands them and their lifestyle and yeah. knows where their needs are before they do. You know, maybe I can come in and help them say, you know, help them understand, oh, well, because of this, you need this. But I wouldn't know that had I not been in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely. This is something the spouses, we, this is a family affair when we do this. So I always encourage whoever it is that I start working with, I want the spouse there. And to be honest, sometimes it even leads into the children. When we're talking more sure. retirement age clients, they start bringing in their children and their grandchildren. One, um, 
one of my favorite clients. She's she's pretty new and she's very young. Um, one of my husband's partners, his daughter just went into the Air Force. And I thought back to when my husband went into the Marine Corps and I thought, you know, if only there was someone getting these kids set up right away, right out of boot camp, just like they get them, you know, they they go to USA, get your insurance, go to Navy Federal, open up your, you know, your checking account so DFAS can deposit into it. This should just be another step, in my opinion. Okay, now sit down with an advisor. I wish so badly they would have advisors available to them and just get them on the right track right away. She's maxing out a Roth IRA. She's 20 years old. Nice. I told her, I said, if you stick with this, I can't even describe to you the wealth (laughs) that you will build just from this one action alone. It's that discipline, you know, and they they have that there from the military. The framework is very important. And I go back to what I said before, it has to be simple. And I, I had a, a manager at USAA. Um, you know, we, we had a very disciplined process or, that we were taught, but I used it every day. And I use it to this day with every single client I talk to, whether they're like my young client I just talked to you about just starting out or whether they have millions of dollars, the first conversation is always the same. And I go through what I call the financial pyramid. And really I like it because it's a visual and because it's very easy to follow and understand and it's just logical. And so, you know, we picture your financial situation like a pyramid. If you draw it on a piece of paper, I want you to start there and kind of divide it into three sections. And at the bottom is the most basic of what you need to be financially secure. So then we move up to the next step on the pyramid. Now we're gonna focus on retirement and we're gonna start putting into that as heavily as possible because, you know, they always say you can, your kids can get scholarships for school, but you're not going to get a scholarship for retirement, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully, and there is a pension for a lot of my clients, a pension is part of that retirement piece, but what can we do, you know, to, to buffer that, to even make that even, even greater and make even bigger cushion and more options for them in retirement. Because what a lot of people do forget about when they have a pension is the pension is typically not going to be, it may be your full income that you were earning, but there's also inflation and you know lifestyle that you have to consider. So you want to make sure that you're you're giving yourself options and you have cushions and you have money, play money, you know, things to have fun with. So we want to make sure we can bolster that lifestyle. So once we're maxing out retirement, you know, then we look at the next school. Maybe it's a vacation home, you know, hopefully it's 529 plans for the kids or you know, hopefully they go into the military and get a great experience and a lot of life lessons, but You know, we have this order of priority because I think a lot of times people don't know where to start. Well, I want to do all these things, but in what order am I supposed to do them? And the pyramid really helps walk them through that path. No, I appreciate that very much. And I do, I think that there's value in being able to represent that visually and take them step by step and start here and then move that way. I think that that's all very helpful. So I like it. Well, Dominique, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Difference-making tip. I would say the most important thing is to be efficient and effective with what you have access to because it all comes down to what we, we want to create freedom and options for you and your family. I don't know anybody who doesn't want more freedom and more options. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Yes, people do want freedom. People want options. So appreciate that. Well, Downey, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? They can find me, you know, anywhere you can find someone online, LinkedIn. Um, uh, my bio is on LinkedIn. Our Conti Wealth Advisors website is another good place to reach me. You'll see my email, my phone number, all of my contact information there as well. Perfect.
Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dominique your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow her on LinkedIn and also go to ContiWealthAdvisors.com. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Dominique. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.